Well, welcome to our uh, first try at doing outside worship together here in the parking lot of beautiful First Baptist Church of Salt Lake City. Give me a woohoo! Woo! <laughs> Amen. That's wonderful. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. God, with joy in our hearts, we gather on this day to worship you, to feel your presence, to connect with you and connect with one another anew here. We just ask your blessing on our time together. Please bless us as we do our best to stay safe and worship together in this very strange and unique way. Uh, we thank you for all the blessings that come flowing from the Father of lights above, and we just thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
Amen. Well, once again, let me welcome you uh, this morning. I'm going to read our text for the day. Uh, it comes from Philippians 3, 7 through 14. I'll get, I can see all your Bibles coming out there, so <laughs> I'll uh, give you a minute to find a place. <laughs> no, okay, Philippians 3, 7 through 14. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the sharing of His sufferings by becoming like Him in His death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Amen? Amen. Amen.
this letter to the Philippians, uh, a church that he started on his second missionary journey. Uh, it, he writes it from a prison, probably in Rome. A lot of, well, uh, traditionally it's in Rome, but it could have been really in any of the other. Paul was in prison all over the place. So uh, it could have been in any one of the prisons that he was in, but uh, a lot of people had originally thought it was from Rome, and I have no reason to doubt that. <clears throat> And he tells the Philippian church that while he is in prison, that it has helped to spread the gospel. He's kind of, he's kind of excited about the fact that he's in prison because while he's in prison, he's telling all the people around him all about Jesus, all about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And they're, they're getting into it. The guards are getting into it and all the prisoners are getting into it. And it's probably frustrating to those people who threw him in jail, that he's getting all this attention in jail. Anyway, Paul is kind of like, I'm glad I got arrested. Like really putting a silver lining on. I'm glad I got arrested because uh, it's helped me to spread the gospel around. And he points out that in addition to all this, he has a lot of reasons to boast. And he starts to list out all of his Hebrew uh, credentials. If you know anything about Paul, you know he's not, uh, you know, he's not shy about telling you uh, what he thinks of himself. And he thinks pretty, you know, he has a lot of reasons in his mind to feel pretty good about who he is and, and all of those things. And he, he spends a little time listing all of his Hebrew credentials. He was circumcised on the eighth day and brought to the temple and observed all the laws. And he was a good Pharisee and all of those things. And in our, in our text today, Paul takes all of that, the good stuff, the bad stuff, all the great things that he's done, all the bad things that he's done, all the great things that have happened to him, all the bad things that have happened to him, and he says, you know what, I dismiss it all. It all is meaningless in, in the face of what I have gained by being in Christ. The good, the bad, and the ugly is nothing in comparison to being in Christ Jesus. And his purpose in saying this, is to encourage the Philippians uh, to stand fast in their faith. They, Paul is scared that their faith is wavering because they have, 
they have been the victims of some things that are conspiring to steal away that fragile faith that Paul came and, and shared with them when he was with them. The, the world around the Philippians is in turmoil. And Paul's imprisonment is evidence of the effects on the Christian and the Jewish community for that matter. There were a lot of people being thrown into prison for various reasons, mainly for stirring up trouble in the community. And this was, this was throughout the, the Christian communities that were, that were just starting. And there were people who were suggesting that the gospel that Paul preached was the wrong gospel. Well, as you can imagine, Paul was pretty upset about that. And uh, Paul had been preaching an inclusive community, whereas he puts it in Galatians, in Christ there is no longer Greek or Jew, male or female, slave or free. In other words, all of the barriers that used to stand in our way, all of the things that used to divide us, all of the things that made you in and us out, or us in and you out, all of those are gone in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's wonderful. So when all of those are gone, it means that we don't have to, you know, the, the rituals and the things that we used to have that were requirements are no longer that interesting or all that meaningful to people whose traditions they weren't. And so Paul was preaching this and there were other people who were insisting that there were restrictions and requirements in order to be part of the Christian community. Specifically, what came to symbolize this is the issue of circumcision. So there was a group who thought, well, you, in order to become a uh, follower of Jesus, in order to become part of the Christian community, you had to become Jewish first. And uh, Paul was like, no, if you're Jewish, that's great. Then you can be a Jewish Christian. If you're a Gentile, then that's great. You can be a Gentile Christian. It doesn't matter. You don't have to, you don't have to become one or the other in order to follow Christ. But he wants to make sure that the Philippians are not discouraged by all these things, by all of the stuff, the chaos and the things that are swirling around them. He wants to encourage them that the faith they hang on to now will bear much fruit in this life and in the life to come. Paul wants them to see that God in Christ is bigger than the issues they are dealing with now. Being in Christ overshadows the infighting about circumcision and rituals. Being in Christ is more than the persecution they might be enduring at the moment. Being in Christ is more than the Roman occupation that they are under the thumb of Rome that stands on their necks till the point that they can't breathe. Forgetting what lies in the past, Paul tells the Philippians to press on to the prize that is the heavenly call. He tells them to keep going and to not get consumed by what has gone on in the past. Not to, get, not to dwell on it. Not to focus on it. Not to let that be the thing that defines who you are today. Not to let that hold you back or hold you down. But to look forward to the future where God, and to where God is going to take them. He tells them to keep going. Paul's message to the Philippians still rings true today as we live through these unprecedented times. God is bigger than this deadly virus that restricts our lives and grips us in uncertainty. In spite of this, we are called to press on as the church, 
not dismissing this very real threat, but finding new and creative ways to do that which God has called us to do. There's a virus going on. You know what? God's calling us to make as many dang masks as we can here on Friday. They're sewing them like crazy. There's a virus. There's a pandemic going on. Great. Well, you know what? The kids are still out in the streets not eating. And so we're going to make lunches and we're going to figure out how to do it in a safe way. But we're still going to make lunches for kids. There's a pandemic. Okay, we are still the church. We will still figure out how to worship, whether it's over the Internet or here in the parking lot or in some way. We're going to stay safe, but we are going to continue to be the church. Yes, there's a pandemic, but we are still bound one to another. Amen? So we're going to check in with each other. We're going to pray with and for one another. We're going to continue to be the family of God, no matter what's going on, even if this thing gets worse. We still have an obligation to be the community of God and the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Forgetting what is in the past, Paul tells us to look to the future. God is bigger than the racism that has plagued this country since the beginning and cannot go on being hidden away. We must press on confronting attitudes and institutions, including the church, that has perpetuated and benefited from the two Americas that exist in the world today. We must continue to live out the inclusive kingdom of God that makes room for all people. Amen? Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, male nor female, nor slave nor free. Amen? God is bigger than the politics of one nation, this nation or any other. Leaders come and go, but God is constant. And we are, as it says in this same letter, in just a few verses from where we are now, citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives. That's where our citizenship is. It is in heaven. Amen? We must press on living out the values of the community of Christ regardless of whether or not the land we live in reflects those values. Yet we must continue to lift up those ideals that this beautiful country aspires to. And we pressed on in our insistence of equality and justice in our country. And we must find ourselves on the right side of history. God is bigger than all of this and more. God is bigger than our own anxiousness and feelings of isolation we may be experiencing right now. Depression is a very real and dangerous thing. And right now it is exasperated by this pandemic. But we must press on, telling ourselves that we can get through this with God's help. Availing ourselves of whatever resources we can accepting help from friends and family, and taking the few small steps needed to get through each day, each hour, each minute, if need be. God is bigger than our worst shortcomings and our failures. Sure, we make mistakes. Some of them are big. Yes, we make bad choices. Some of them on purpose. Certainly, we do things that are selfish and short-sighted. But our mistakes and our worst moments do not define who we are. We must press on, allowing our kinship with Christ to be that which defines who we are. 
sincerely offering ourselves to God as a new creation, forgiven, born again, whatever metaphor you want to use to describe being that new creation, being that, having that new beginning in Christ, letting, God's, letting Jesus' teachings and life shape who we are, not to be defined by our mistakes. God is bigger than our broken relationships, our broken dreams, our broken hopes, and our broken hearts. The world is filled with disappointment, and at times it can be overwhelming. But Jesus enables us to press on through the heartbreak and the sorrow to see a new day, a new way, and a new creation. We are living in strange times. And for most of us, we have not experienced anything like it. But we will get through it. And as we press on through the calamity and seek the peace of Christ, the shalom that comes from our faith in a God that is bigger than all of this, the encouragement we get uh, will help us to keep going and to find our way through this time. You know, all of this that Paul was talking about, Delia will appreciate this, reminds me of a, a sign that was produced in Britain uh, made by the government during World War II, just before the air raid started in 1939, and it simply read, Keep calm and carry on. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and indeed, in Christ, we are called, to, we are called and enabled to do just that. Amen? Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, with, with joy we hear this message of hope that Paul wrote to the Philippians that applies to us today. There is calamity around us. There is chaos. That things are uncertain and we don't know what the future holds. And yet you are constant. Whether in good times or bad, you are our God we know you through Jesus Christ who has revealed you to us and we are a new creation in you. May we cling to that and may we press on looking to the future even though we don't know what it will hold. May we not dwell on the past but long for a future that is authored and designed by you. And we thank you for the blessing of that hope. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Well, now may the, may the Lord go with you, abide within you, and work through you today and forevermore. Go in the hope and the peace and the love and the joy of Jesus Christ. Amen. This concludes our service. Thank you so much for being here. God bless. Try that for you.